In the early morning of November 4th, 1798, a messenger in Montpellier, Vermont, was put onto a horse. His mission? Distributing the news of that night's congressional election throughout the state. The largest town of Burlington, along with dozens of small villages, were to be traveled to and informed of the election results. One of these villages was Vergen, located 50 miles away from Montpellier. It was not a sizable town by any means, but it had a specific destination that needed to be hit, the Vergen Police Station. That morning, a man sat anxiously in a 16 by 12 foot jail cell at the Vergen police station, awaiting the results of the election. He hadn't voted in it, even though inmates in Vermont are allowed to vote, seriously google it. He instead had a more personal connection to it. He was running for his re-election to the House of Representatives. In fact, he saw his own imprisonment as illegitimate, and he used it as a rallying point in his campaign. He was a staunch Democratic Republican and a vehement defender of the Bill of Rights. The man's name was Matthew Lyon. But why was he in jail? He had not murdered, robbed, or assaulted anyone, nor did he commit treason against the United States. He was in jail for another reason. He had committed a crime that had only been declared as such that year and that would be once again legal in two years. The law that made it illegal is one of the most disliked and controversial pieces of legislation in American history. I'm going to tell you all about it, right now, on Historia Obscura. Welcome to Historia Obscura. This is the third episode of this podcast, and I'm glad that you're still here. This episode goes way farther back in time than the last two, so be prepared for a slight change of scenery. Regardless, I bet you'll still love it. One more thing, make sure to stick around for a little to hear a message about the sponsor of this episode of Historia Obscura, Anchor. If you want to make your own podcast, you'll want to know everything about how to use Anchor. If you think back to your high school American history class, you may remember that President John Adams, a Federalist, signed the Alien and Sedition Acts into law in 1798. This legislation consisted of four acts. The Naturalization Act increased the residency period for immigrants from 5 to 14 years. The Alien Friends Act allowed the president to imprison and deport immigrants deemed dangerous. The Alien Enemies Act allowed the president to do so to any immigrant from a hostile nation. And the Sedition Act outlawed criticism of and false statements about the United States government. The acts were extremely unpopular among Democratic Republicans, as many of their party's members were immigrants. One Democratic Republican politician, who had an especially deep hatred of the acts, as well as of President Adams, was Matthew Lyon.
Matthew Lyon was born on July 14, 1749, in County Wicklow, Ireland. He quickly became skilled in the trade of printing, and at the age of 23, he emigrated to the United States. After a brief residency in Connecticut, Lyon moved to Vermont and joined the Green Mountain Boys Militia. He fought in the American Revolution, where he helped the Green Mountain Boys win the Battle of Bennington. He then joined the Continental Army, where he fought in the crucial Battle of Saratoga, which saw the capture of British General John Burgoyne. His valiance was recognized by Vermont Governor Thomas Chittenden. After the war, Lyon settled down in the village of Rutland, Vermont, and he married Chittenden's daughter. As a member of the Vermont House of Representatives, he founded the municipality of Fairhaven in 1783, and in 1796, he was elected to the United States House of Representatives. Lyon was seen as something of an outsider by other members of Congress. His Irish nationality made him very unpopular among nativist politicians, who were mostly Federalists at the time. Lyon was also known for his temper and alleged rowdiness. He developed an intense rivalry with Connecticut Representative Roger Griswold. In January of 1798, as the House was deciding whether or not to remove Tennessee State Senator William Blunt from office, Griswold attempted to engage Lyon in a debate. Lyon, who did not respect Griswold's Federalist affiliation, refused. In response, Griswold called Lyon a scoundrel and cursed him out. He also mocked Lyon's impoverished background. Enraged, Lyon spit tobacco juice into Griswold's face. While Lyon did apologize two weeks later, Griswold saw this apology as ingenuine and responded by beating Lyon with his cane. Both congressmen eventually apologized, and neither were removed from office. I'd like to take a moment to thank one of the sponsors of Historia Obscura, Anchor. If you do not know about Anchor, it is the easiest way to make your own podcast. Anchor gives you all the tools you need to record, edit, and publish a podcast about anything you're passionate about, whether it's sports, cooking, art, politics, obscure historical events, or anything else. You also don't need to have to go through the long and potentially expensive process of distributing your podcast, as Anchor automatically publishes it to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and others. You can podcast from the comfort of your couch, so long as you have a computer or phone with you. You can easily make money through podcasting without having to seek out sponsors yourself, since Anchor gives them to you. And the best part is, it's free. You don't have to spend a penny. If you want to make your own podcast, go to anchor.fm or download the free Anchor app on iOS or Android to get started. However, this misconduct was not, in fact, the origin of Lyon's imprisonment. Instead, his disdain for President Adams would eventually catch up to him. He formed his own newspaper, the scourge of aristocracy and repository of important political truth. In it, he published a lengthy criticism of John Adams, accusing him of, among other things, corrupting the Christian religion for political gain. 
as well as calling Adams foolish and selfish. He also sent a letter to the Vermont Journal in which he accused the president of being a bully. This backfired, though, as many Federalists began pushing for the Journal to publish the letter. They obliged, and Lyon was charged under the same Federalist Act he opposed so much, the Sedition Act. Judge William Patterson, who would later serve as governor of New Jersey, presided over the case. Lyon's defense was that the Sedition Act was, by design, unconstitutional. However, this defense was denied by Patterson. On October 10, 1798, Lyon was found guilty of sedition. He was sentenced to four months in a police jail in Vergen, as there were no vacant prisons, and issued a $1,000 fine. Patterson, a Federalist, later stated his only regret in the case was not giving Lyon a longer sentence. Outrage at Lyon's conviction ensued. The Democratic-Republican Party began using his imprisonment as a rallying point against the Federalists. Then-Vice President Thomas Jefferson declared his support for Lyon, despite serving under President Adams. The Green Mountain Boys even threatened to destroy the jail in which he was being held. However, they were persuaded not to by Lyon, who had bigger things on his mind. You see, during all this time, he had never been removed from the House of Representatives, and he still held his position. Therefore, he decided to run for re-election. While he was unable to campaign for himself due to his confinement, the Democratic-Republican Party campaigned for him relentlessly throughout the state of Vermont. Lyon's Federalist opponent, Lewis Morris, was a longtime adversary of Lyon, and Lyon saw it as his obligation to win re-election. This brings us back to the early morning of November 4th. As the messenger approached the Vergen police station, he slowed his horse down and came to a full stop. He entered the police station and handed a collection of papers to the sheriff. The sheriff walked around the silent jail, leaving a paper next to every sleeping inmate. Then he reached the cell of the wide-awake lion and handed him a paper. All the paper said was, Lion defeats Morris, wins house seat. However, the paper left out a crucial detail. Lion had in fact won in a landslide, receiving almost double the number of votes that Morris earned. The Democratic Republicans rejoiced, and when Lion was released early in January of 1799, a crowd of his supporters formed outside the police station, to whom Lion shouted, I am on my way to Philadelphia. To date, he is the only person in American history to ever be elected to Congress while incarcerated. Lyon later moved to Kentucky, where he served in Congress again from 1803 to 1811. He then settled in the Arkansas Territory, where he lived until his death on August 1, 1822. He remains a cultural icon of Irish-American diaspora, as well as a martyr among free speech advocates, including present-day Vermont Senator Bernie Sanders. 
In 2006, Senator Sanders introduced a bill to Congress to name the Post Office of Fairhaven, Vermont after Lyon, which was successful. But as for the Alien and Sedition Acts, the same could not be said. The wildly unpopular Sedition Act was allowed to expire in 1800. The Alien Friends Act, which permitted the deportation of supposedly dangerous immigrants, expired in 1801. The Naturalization Act was later replaced by the Naturalization Law of 1802, which brought the minimum residency period for immigrants back down to five years. The Alien Enemies Act, however, was never repealed. In 1942, President Franklin Roosevelt used the Act's provisions to, by executive order, detain hundreds of thousands of Japanese Americans during World War II. More recently, in 2017, President Donald Trump issued a temporary restriction on travel to the U.S. from seven nations, a ban that continues to this day. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Historia Obscura. I'd say I've been doing well with my current event connections and my subtle mentions of New Jersey in every episode, so if you like that, make sure to stick around until the next episode. If you want to suggest an episode of Historia Obscura, send me a voice message at anchor.fm slash historiaobscura slash message. Feel free to leave your name and location, and if I like your idea, I'll make an episode of it and give you credit. And of course, I can't go without once again thanking this episode's sponsor, Anchor. They are by far the easiest way to make a podcast, so if you want to make your own, go to anchor.fm. With that said, this is Jack from Historia Obscura, signing off, but not for long.